Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to Anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! 
You were counting down and you didn't count right. I did not count right. <laughs> Your fingers were doing they were the wrong, wrong number. It's it's late, so <laughs> my fingers didn't work past that certain time nope. of the night. So. <laughs> um, what are we doing today? Uh, Sacrilegious Book Club. Sacrilegious Book Club. And as I recall, Nimrod was coming up. Nimrod was coming up. So everything's coming up, Nimrod. <laughs> um, we are still in. Um, well, we're doing Asimov's Guide to the Bible, and we are still in the book of Genesis, and we're covering pages 45 through, I'm sorry, 48 through 65. All right, let's go ahead and do this. Okie dokie. I feel like this bit needs um, a theme song. No. Like, sacrilegious book club. <laughs> what? It wasn't half bad, actually. Seriously? I mean, you know, it was bad, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't half bad. So. Well, I just feel like, okay, here's the thing. This section had a lot of cities and stuff, and it some of it was a slog. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So that, I'm trying to like, mm, yeah! Get some, Yeah. Moxie, baby! Right. So, that's why I went with the, uh... Sec- the, so the theme song the theme thing. Song. Yeah, right. Okay. I got it. Okay, but I will tell you, it starts off with a fucking bang. Oh. With Nimrod. Okay, well, that's... You I know mean, how I feel about Nimrod. Yeah, it's just that once we leave Nimrod, then it's like, oh, and now boring. Well, that sucks. But then it gets interesting again. Okay, alright. But this... Okay, so let's do Nimrod. Yeah, let's... Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do Nimrod. Oh, my God. So, he was an important king... Okay. Right? I didn't know he was a king, actually. He was a fucking king. Yes, he was a king. And he ruled over the Tigris-Euphrates region of Samaria. Okay. Okay? Yep. And um, here's the thing. In Genesis chapter 10, verses 8 through 12, several set cities are mentioned. Okay. And with regard to Nimrod. Got okay? it. Yeah. And what's happening here is that... He, he's naming, he, the the writers of the Bible. Right. They're naming all of these great cities, each one conquered by the next, and then Nimrod. Okay. And so you're supposed to, like, see each one attaining the greatness of what came before. So by the time they mention Nimrod, you're like, oh, man, he's so great. Look at all the great cities that were named before him with all those great leaders. Ah. Okay. So, some of those um, cities were, I'm going to name them and, and tell you a little bit about some of the uh, leaders. Okay. Okay? Yep. Very interesting stuff here. So, we've got Eric, which is modern day Uruk. Okay. U-R-U-K. That used to be ruled by the mythical Gilgamesh. Oh. Okay? Okay. And then was later ruled by historical conqueror Lugal Zagisi. Never heard of him. Right, but he's an actual dude who existed. Sure. Okay. okay. All right. So another one of them, another one of the cities was Akkad with two C's. And then that actually in other languages is Akkad with two K's. But what we call today Agade. Okay. A-G-A-D-E. Who cares, right? Right. I, um, I mean... So that was ruled by Shurukin, which huh. um, we recognize today as Sargon of Agade. Do you, does that sound even slightly familiar? No. I feel like I've heard of Sargon before. Sargon, take me away? 
No, that's Calgon, oh, my yeah. love. Right, okay. Um, he was defeated by Lugal Zagisi, the guy that I just named in er- Eric, Uruk. Right, right. And um, de- he founded the Akkadian Empire. Okay. Okay? Uh-huh. Lugal Zagisi. Okay? Sure. So the next one mentioned is Babel, which we know oh, today yeah. as Babylon. Sure. Okay? Yep. And we'll talk a little bit more about Babylon later on. In its own section. Okay. But just for now, know that it was ruled by Amorites, and it became a world metropolis under Hammurabi. Oh, I have heard of Hammurabi. You have heard of Hammurabi. Yeah. Right? Um, The entire Tigris-Euphrates region is commonly known as Babylonia because of this city. Got it. Okay? Okay. So, big fucking deal here, okay? Right, right. So, that was one of the verses. The next verse mentions Asher... Kala, Kala, and Nineveh. Okay? Yep. So Asher um, is what we know of as Assyria today. Okay. Okay? And it was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And, um, like, this city was the capital of the Assyrian Empire before the capital moved later on to Kala and then to Nineveh. Got it. Okay? Yep. And Kala... um, uh, under the reign of Shalmaneser I, okay. introduced the art of smelting iron from Asia Minor. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And his son, Tukul, wait, Tukulti Ninurta I. Okay. And and he's important. So uh, sure. try to remember his name. Uh, okay. Tukulti Ninurta I. Got it. He used iron-armed warriors to become the first of Assyria's conquerors. Ah, okay. okay. He was the first one to do that. Yep. Okay. And remember I said um, the capital of Assyria started in Azure or Assyria, but then moved to Kala, which we just talked about with Tukulti Ninurna. Right. And then it ended up in Nineveh. And in Greek legend, um, this city was founded single-handedly by Ninus, the Greek name Ninus, okay? Because this is a Greek legend. Okay. Who then conquered all of Babylonia and Armenia and founded the Assyrian Empire. Got it. Okay? Yep. So, mentioning these particular great cities places Nimrod in the position of reflecting the greatness of the Sumerians, Akkadians, Amorites, and Assyrians. Okay? Yep. Each new kingdom gets the credit for having defeated the prior great kingdom. It's like a domino effect. Yeah, and I'll give you... It's that much more greater. Exactly. Got and I'll it. give you an example of that in just a second. But let's go back for a second to Tikulti Ninurta uh-huh. and Ninus. Okay. Um, those names are believed to maybe have been transfused into what became Nimrod. Okay. Ninurta, Ninus, Nimrod. Got it. Okay. Okay. And that would you know, help explain all of the great, why he's thought of to be so great. Right. He's a representative of all, of all the great that came before him. Okay. All right. Okay? Yep. And the example that Asimov gave was like a child learning a little bit about history, American history. And he knows that um, George Washington was the first American president. Yeah. But then he like conflates all of it together. And this is like the report that this child then gives. 
George Washington crossed the Atlantic Ocean and the Mayflower, discovered America, conquered Mexico, built Washington, D.C., and became the first president of the United States. <laughs> so that's what yeah. the history is equivalent to with regards to Nimrod. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now we're going to get into a little bit of some boring stuff. Okay. And I know you're not supposed to say that on a podcast, but I'm going to buzz through it real quick because... Sure. I, I just we found buzz it. through boring shit. I do. I do. Okay, so the next one, the next section was Aram. And um, to go back over the children of Shem, we've got Elam, Azure, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. Okay. And Arphaxad begat Sela, Sela, Sala, Sala. Yeah. Who begat Eber. Got it. I mean, who cares, right? Right, sure. So Elam represents the Elamites. Asher represents the Assyrians, which we already said. Lud is thought to probably be Lydia. Aram is the Aramean tribes. And Arphisad, who again begat Salah, who again begat Eber, that represents the Hebrew tribes. Okay. Which encompass Israel, Judah, and other related people. Got it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's a ram. Sure. Okay. Next section is Babel. Got and it. This one's a little bit more interesting. Okay. Yep. Because, you know, Babel. Babel. Right? So Babel, the word itself, was erroneously derived from the Hebrew Balal, which means mixed, confused, or confounded, which, you know... They built the tower, right? Like, the story in the Bible goes that they built the tower and then God knocked it down. Right. And then the people could no longer all speak the same languages and were confused. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, they named it Babel because they thought that's what it was. Got it. But Babel actually derives from the Babylonian Bibelu, which was the gate of God. Oh. Because most Sumerian and Babylonian cities had towers acting as, quote, Temples to God. Interesting. In the form of pyramids called ziggurats. So, essentially, I mean, and just my take here is that the knocking down of the ta- tower by God is essentially him doing away with false gods or false idols type, type, type thing? That's part of it, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I remember the first time I ever heard the word ziggurat. I was in sixth grade in Mr. Wilkins' history class, and it was the first time that I actually was like... Oh, that's interesting shit right there. <laughs> so, do you, do you recall ever hearing the word ziggurat in I, history? I have heard it. I don't... It doesn't... I mean, I just... I know that I've heard it. That's it's all. It's just a type of um, pyramid. Got it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. It's, it's a tower pyramid thing. Got it. Got it. And they were nowhere near as great as the Egyptian pyramids. Right. But still impressive in their own right. Right. So, an unfinished ziggurat gained notoriety... Similar to the way the Leaning Tower of Pisa became famous for its shortcoming. And that became the basis for the biblical tale of the Tower of Babel. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Um, not the ship from right. the Matrix. Right, right, right. But the King of Babylon. Right. Okay? He finished the largest ziggurat ever built, and it was 325 feet into the air. Which, cool. I mean, today would be nothing. But right. back then was like a great Huge. feat. Right. Yeah. And that was the finished Tower of Babel. It Got was it. like the biggest ever. Okay. So that was Babel. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. 
Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It is, yeah. Okay. Next is Year of the Chaldees. This was a little interesting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the age of the post-Diluvian patriarch is given at the time of birth of the successor. So, you know, it would be like so-and-so was born and to this guy who was this many years old. Got it. Okay. Yep. Along with the years lived after the birth. So after Duda gave way to Duda. They lived another bubble years another, to yeah, the age of blah, 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 Exactly. Blah. Right. And as we said before, the total age given for the patriarchs gradually decreases over time to something more believable. Right, right. Right? And then Abram, who, let us not forget, eventually becomes Abraham. Right. Was the first to travel to Canaan. And according to some non-biblical legend, he was the first to publicly abandon worship of idols to become a staunch monotheist. Hence the beginning of, right. you know, Abrahamic religions. Exactly. Monotheistic religions. Yes, exactly. Interesting. And there are some stories that are in some of the non-Bible um, collections of legends yeah. that say that his father created idols for a living and um, Abraham or Abram was having none of it. Got it. So he was just like the rebellious son. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to go worship one God. Fuck these idols. Yeah. And he became very angry. But he was visited by God and heard, like, I'm the one true God. Sure. So Drugs will do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, there's some question about where Abram and his family started. Okay. Um, in, in parts of the Bible, it says that he and his family started out in Ur, a Sumerian city. Okay. And so that's generally believed to be the home and birthplace of Abram and his family. Got it. But I'll get into this a little bit later that maybe it wasn't, though. Okay. Okay? Yeah. The center, um, this this city, Ur, Ur, yeah. Ur was um, the center of worship for the moon god Sin and had a huge ziggurat. Got it. Okay? Yeah. And Ur was eventually ruled by the Chaldeans who were an Arabian tribe. Okay. Which is how the writers of Genesis anachronistically described it. Got it. So they were referring to it in a way that was familiar to them as opposed to how it should have been referred to by the people of that time. Right, right. I got it. So that's that section, okay? Okay. Next we got Haran. Okay. And... So, during the time that, um, what's his name, Abram and his family were living in wherever they were living. Yeah. Um, those cities were, like, dying out. Okay. So, that's part of why they were, like, let's out. Got it. Got it. So, they started skipping down the yellow brick road because they were, like. Do you know why they were dying out? Was it a um, war? or lots of war and also lots of famines. Um, because they were off the trade routes and um, there were droughts because they weren't near the Nile. And okay. it just, there was... Lots of reasons. Yeah. Okay. It, they were just dying out as cities do, you know, when shit sure shit changes and people move away. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, there's no upward mobility here. Let's bounce. Right. So they did. And so that's partly why they left Samaria okay. altogether. Not just their cities, but right. Samaria altogether. Yeah. And so they followed the normal trade routes as they went, and they traveled the Fertile Crescent, and they were able to rely on obtaining food and supplies for their men and animals, because 
it was just they were following the trade routes. Right. Sure. So it was no big deal. Yep. But they stopped in Haran, which is another center of worship of the moon god Sin. Okay. Which is weird. Right. So that leads Asimov, at least, and a few other researchers to wonder if maybe Ur of the Chaldees is actually a mistranslation. And instead of being Ur of the Chaldees, it should have been Land of the Chaldees. Okay. And maybe Haran is where Abram and his family started from. Oh, okay. Not Ur. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Haran. Right. And that would make Abram Aramean rather than Sumerian. Interesting. Which fits better with some of the shit that they say in Deuteronomy. Okay. Because they refer to my father, the wandering um, Aramean. Got it. And everybody's like, who the fuck is that? Right, right. Well, probably was Abram. Abram. Right. So there's a question about that. Okay. Okay? Yeah. But tradition says no, and likely that will never change, even if we find... Proof to the other... Yeah. Yeah. Lots of evidence indicating one way or the other. Right. Um, It's so deeply entrenched at this point that it'll never change. Got it. But anyways, um, Abraham's father, Terah, died in Haran. Whether okay. they started there or ended up there, they were or there, always lived there, and he died there. Yeah, got it. So that's the end of that section. Okay. Okay. Yep. I mean, we're just cruising right along here. Cruising. And you know what? I'm happy to say it's not as boring as I thought it was. <laughs> but it was a slog when I was reading. I'm telling you. Right. No, I get you. So it's, it's better when you condense stuff down. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I, I only wrote down the interesting stuff, so I'm like buzzing through my notes, and I'm like, oh, that part was interesting. Right. Right. So the next section is Canaan. Okay. Yep. By the time Abram entered Canaan, they had long entered the Bronze Age. Okay. okay? So yep. we're in the Bronze Age now, and things are bronze. Right. Okay. And the city of Canaan was a hub, and I said the city of Canaan, but it was like the kingdom of Canaan. Okay. okay? Sure. Yeah. Because a lot of different people came from a lot of different places, so it was a combination of many different peoples collectively lumped together what we call today the Canaanites yeah, were just a bunch of different people from everywhere. Okay. Okay. Um, But they all spoke Semitic languages there. Okay. Particularly Hebrew. Got it. So they were very different, but they adopted the languages. Right. Right. And the conquering Israelites later adopted the language of the people that they overcame there. Right. But they held their own values and religion. Okay. So, you know, so, that's kind of what we're reading right now, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In not um, Asimov's guide, but the actual, our actual Bible reading. Right. Um, we're reading about how they're, like, overcoming all the Canaanites. Right. Right? Well, and it would make sense maybe, like, with all this, and, and just, again, this is me throwing my own two cents in, but, like, um, with people splitting from all those cities back then, mm-hmm. they very well might be the same tribes that initially split off from there mm-hmm. and then ended up in Egypt and or Canaanite mm-hmm. and then so they they could be the same people ish right the, the ish. offshoot of the same right, people right 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 yeah, descendants of the same people sure sure yeah i just i found it really interesting that they were already it's it's interesting that where we are reading is several hundred years after what we're studying in our book club here of Asimov's right. book and 
well, it's, it's relevant. Even, it's even maybe a thousand years more on right, it, right, or, or more. So. Right. So because we're in the Iron Age now, that's the Bronze Age. And, true. You know, true. It's just interesting to me that what I'm studying here in Asimov's Guide yeah. is relevant to what we're reading in the Bible further chapters ahead. Right. Further right. books ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because they they are all speaking the same language, and that's never a problem. Like it didn't occur to me that you know when they're like right talking about all the different people that they're conquering, it's never because of language. Right, it's true. Well, so occasionally they did say things about people that spoke weird languages and stuff coming from afar. But that's when they come from the afar. Other. That's not right, right. the Canaanites. Yeah, like no, you're right. The, all the Canaanites speak the same language. Right. Yep. Okay, so that's that section. Moving on to Egypt. Okay. Yep. So famines that plagued the semi-arid lands around that whole Middle East area uh-huh. never troubled Egypt. Okay. Because they had the Nile, I'm assuming. Because they had the Nile, which flooded annually. Right. And they depended on that for um, irrigation and to grow all their crops and stuff. Sure. For farming and gardens. So they were, they were set. Right. Moreover... The isolation of Egypt, because it was surrounded on each side by a desert, and then to the north by the rivers. Right. And then, you know, itself was just a peninsula kind of thing. Right. So, because of its isolation, they were able to develop without interference from raiding parties. Gotcha. And so its history was relatively calm by comparison to the other nations. Right, yeah. And that's how they were able to Kind of help them become an empire of, yeah. of sorts. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And it's also how they were able to preserve so much that we're able to find today. Got it, yeah. But the isolation also caused it to break into further smaller isolated fragments. Okay. Because of the way the Nile flowed and dried up. Yeah. In different pieces of that peninsula land. Right, um, peninsula-like land. It's not really fully a peninsula, but sure, it's similar. Right, right. So, um, because of that, like, different little pockets were further isolated. Got it. So, it wasn't all great. Okay. But it was still, again, relatively calm, comparatively speaking. Right. Which, it never occurred to me that that would be so... And that's why we are so enthralled with the Egyptians today, because they kind of stayed. They were essentially left their own Yeah, they and, stayed. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I thought this was interesting. The word delta, uh-huh. you know how we refer to, like, river deltas, riverbanks? Yeah. yeah. Um, that actually comes from the way the Nile split into different places. Okay. And dried up. Um, in one place, it formed... An equilateral triangle of land, which huh. is the Greek letter delta. Interesting. So Interesting. the Nile Delta or the Delta Nile, yeah, um, is where we get that phrase. And then, so the word delta now is just referred to any with any river. Right. Right. But that's how it originated. That's really cool. Right. Yeah. So neat how language does that. <laughs> right. Right. Um. As we all probably know, I mean, I'm sure you know and I I already knew, the Egyptian religion was very strongly death-centered. Right. And the pyramids were vast tombs meant to protect the dead from thieves. Sure, yeah. And the bodies were buried there with riches, 
that they were going to carry into the next life. Right. Right? Like, we all know that. Yeah. And then Tutankhamun was one of the few mummies that made it thousands of years. Right. We were able to dig him up, and he still was intact. Yeah. And his riches were still there. But yeah. he's one of the few whose graves were not Robbed. riffled through. Right. Yeah. Rifled? Riffled? Rifled. Rifled. Sorry. At least in my, in my, my understanding. Yeah. So I thought I thought this quote from Asimov was really great. Okay. Okay. Yep. Relative to the technology of the time, the Great Pyramid, and he's referring here to the Great Pyramid, right. which was one of the biggest and yep. best. Yep. Okay. So relative to the technology of the time, the Great Pyramid is the most ambitious project of man, with the possible exception of the Great Wall of China. And it is certain the most useless without exception. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was just thrown in there. Like, I wonder if anybody will notice that I'm being a smartass here. No, I I mean, it's crossed my mind. Like, these giant fucking things Mm -hmm. were built for a person. A person. To bury them. Like, wow. Could you imagine if we did that for every fucking person? Right. This world would fill up quick with but fucking they pyramids. they weren't for mirror people. They were no, only know, for the I kings. Know. But even if we did it just for the fucking kings and the, the leaders. You know, leaders of whatever, right, right. it would still be a fucking nightmare to manage all that shit. So. Yeah. I just, I, I love that every so often Asimov will throw something in there. Yeah. It's totally unexpected when he does it. Right. Because he's basically like, history, 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 boring, I'm wearing a monocle and a top hat, prom, prom, prom. And that was a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Where'd that come from? Well, that's fun. That's fun. It's it's great. Breaks fun. it up for you, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, so the last thing I'll say about Egypt is that um, Abram entered Egypt during its second period of high civilization and culture. Abram did. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, because um, Egypt kind of rose and fell yeah. a few different times, and it had a dark age. Huh. Um, a dark period. Okay. Um, partly due to its uh, isolation. Right. And um, so it kind of came and went. Okay. And when Abram came to Egypt, uh-huh. you know, when Egypt, e- Abram came to Egypt land, <laughs> um, it, it was during one of its highest um, periods of glory. Got it. You know? Got it. Yeah. So it was like all great and whatnot. Right. Okay. Yep. Final section for this bit that we read. Okay. Or that I read. Right. Pharaoh. Yeah. I thought that. Just Pharaoh. Right, right. Okay. Pharaoh actually means great house, not like one particular person. Okay. So it's kind of like how we say the White House. Yeah. Or on Capitol Hill. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or the Kremlin. Right. You know, like, you know... This news came out today from the White House, and was it the president that said it, or, right. you know, was yeah. it his speaker that said it, like... Right, right. So, that's kind of confusing when they talk about the pharaoh. Are they referring to the house, or are they speaking about one particular prince? So, it just makes it hard for translation and sake and stuff. Yes, and... Not just translation sake, but like knowing who exactly we're talking about. Right. Even with a good translation. Sure. So one of the princes of Pharaoh, we don't know which one. Okay. Tried to add Abram's beautiful wife to his harem. Do you remember that? 
Yes, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Abram was, like, not happy about it. That's but right, yeah. he couldn't do a lot about it, kind of. Right. And I think he, like, passed her off as his sister yeah, at first. He did. He did. Yeah, Yeah, and then, like, Pharaoh was like, the fuck, when right. he found He's... out. And then Abram was like, meep. Right. Um, but even with all of that, uh-huh. Abram did really well in Egypt. Like... He eventually, when he left, even after getting in trouble and stuff, he became quite rich. Yeah. I mean, we we kind of know that, but, like, just to have it, like, spelled out like that. Right. Dude made out in Egypt. Okay? Yeah. So, Egypt was not necessarily the horrible place for him. Right. Okay? Okay. I'm not saying that his followers or what the fuck ever had it easy. Sure. I'm saying Abram did I. Right. I gotcha. So that is the end of that section, and um, in what we'll read next time is the book of Genesis still. Okay. Um, pages 65 to 83. Okay. Okay. And that's going to cover the Jordan River, Hebron, Amraphel, the Vale of Siddim, Riphams, Riphams, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, <laughs> Salem, Damascus, the Hittites, Ishmael. Circumcision and Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus, what a mishmash of uh, things to cover, huh? Right? I love the way he's doing this, though, because he's, like, not doing it by chapter and verse. Right. He's doing it by the different pieces that are important through history. Sure. And geography. Yeah. Yeah, he's laid it out in his own little way. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. But... Be that as it may, we are still in the book of Genesis. So, I mean, he is following along, but he's assuming that you've already read the Bible. Right. Which I said at one time in the beginning of this. Yeah. But I didn't realize how dependent I was going to be on my memory. Right. Which is really, really not good because my (laughs) memory is Swiss cheese. Right. So, I had to look some stuff up. Got it. Got it. And... That's my way of saying totally understandable if y'all are like, the fuck? And I would urge you to either Google some shit or listen if you haven't already. We've we've already read this part. We've already read the Bible, the book of Genesis. So right. maybe go back and listen to some of those if you haven't already. Yeah. Or, you know, just kind of, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh, as I mean, you follow kinda, along. Yeah. Yeah. I get the feeling, babe, that that's what you're doing. I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, some of it is registering because, I mean, we've read it and whatever. Yeah. But it's it's all good information. And the more that I dig into everything with regard to the Bible, like, the more, and the more it all comes together and the more I'm starting to understand about that book, that world that, that they're talking about, et cetera. How, it the, doesn't, how the people sit to fit together. Right. Is interesting to me. Yeah. Because I no, didn't I, have I a love, lot of that context. I love the historical context. I, I do. That 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 is all very neat to me. And, you know, I'm glad we're doing this because I, while I like making fun of the Bible and I, and I like, you know, not giving it the, the, uh, what do you call it? Reverence that, they, reverence that other people try to give to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really do have a reverence and, and and love for history. Right. So, I mean, there is a very historical take to what the Bible is. You know, like, sure. it, it definitely represents a large chunk of 
human history. Right. So to me, that's the, that's the part that I, I revere about it exactly. is that there is that aspect of it. So. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I just get, I get, um, what's the word where you trip over something? I get tripped up. Right. Over the cities and yeah, who yeah. became who and the who begats. begat whom. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That that all is very hard to follow and I definitely would need fucking flowcharts. So. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. If I ever rewrote all this shit, I would definitely have some charts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and it, you know, for, for me and for you, I think like the surface touch on these things is enough because we're not really we're not planning trying to on writing a scholars. book about the fucking you know history of it all but it is nice to know what that history is all the same you sure know, like it, sure. it's nice to know at least have an idea of what we're talking about like oh that relates to this this is that and what have you that the connections so, is what i'm enjoying yeah for sure that and like the odd little tidbits like the fucking delta right yeah, That's no, I love. Fun. Yeah, I've said that before too. Like the the things that are very interesting to me are the the offshoot things that we've discovered that are you know nobody else cares about. Yeah. So the weird trivia. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So that's it. Again, um, if you want to tag along, next time we'll be covering pages sixty-five through eighty-three of Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Hope you pick up a copy and read along. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week with this one and. Uh, We'll see you on Monday, tomorrow, Yeah. for uh, chapter 16 of, of Second, Second Samuel. Samuel. Yep. All right. See you guys then. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.